Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Hopefully everybody's prepared for... All-Star Weekend tonight, we've got the skills competition, and then we've got the the three-on-three competition on Saturday afternoon, so that'll start at 3 o'clock Eastern time, so get yourself ready. It's really cold here in the Northeast, so hunker down, watch some skills, watch some All-Star, and then get ready for the second half of the season, which will begin on Monday. Uh, we're going to do a lot today in this podcast. I still have the weekly top five we have to do. I'm going to go over... Um, we had a, somebody tweet us earlier in the week about the top 99 in the athletic of hockey players of all time. And I guess the question was uh, the placement of Dominic Hoshik and Nicholas Lidstrom. So we'll kind of go over that as well. Uh, but where I wanted to start, since it's going to be tonight, is the uh, skills competition. As I said, listen, I'm a 54-year-old man. I just want to see regular season hockey, but I'll be watching. It's kind of fun to see what's going to be happening down there in South Florida. And you could also bet on some of this stuff, too. So I think I would give you my predictions. And what Anthony is going to do to help out, he's going to tell us how much money you can make off of my prediction. So <laughs> we're going to start with the fastest skater, Anthony. Okay. And Who we've got? got the Kings, Kevin Fiala. We've got the Red Wings, Dylan Larkin. Uh, Minnesota's uh, Kaprizov. Colorado's uh, Makar. Vegas's Stevenson. And Svechnikov from the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm going to go. What are the odds of uh, Kirill... Kirill the Thrill? That'd be plus 330 on the sportsbook of choice for me. That is my prediction. I'm going to go with him being the fastest skater. And that's at plus 330, you said? Plus 330. Dylan Larkin is the favorite at plus 250. All right. I like Larkin, too, but I want to try to make you some money, and I just got a feel on Kaprizov. Okay, now we've got the, um, the breakaway challenge where Roberto Luongo is the celebrity goaltender facing Toronto's uh, Mitchell McCarr, Washington's Alexander Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby teaming up, Boston's uh, David Posternock and Florida's Matthew Kachuk. Now, from what I was told, there's no odds on this because it's no yo-yo. odds. But the celebrity goaltender, um, Mitchell McCarr is interesting. I think Mitch Marner uh, is competing. What did I say? Uh, Mitchell, M- Mitchell uh, McCarr. Mitch which, now maybe I got thrown off by the if Mitch Kale Marner. McCarr comes out in a Marner jersey, because that, that be they, they, they have been prone to do things like that. You know? All right, I screwed up. No, 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 no. Uh, Mitch Marner. Um, I got thrown off by the Mitchell because I call him Mitch. Anyway, that's right. That's right. Um, I'm just going to make my prediction, and it's going to be Matthew Kachuk that wins. The, How do you okay. think, by the way, that the tandem of Ovi and Crosby is going to work for a breakaway challenge? I don't know. Like, they're just going to alternate? or So it's going to be a 2 on 0 Is that what it's going to be? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think I, there's I another know. thing for that, that that's coming up after that. It is very interesting, and I get it, and that's going to be kind of fun, but and obviously they can't bet on it because it's kind of hokey. Now, you've got the um, – so we've got the uh, the Tanum. Uh, that's also no betting on that, too. No betting on that. Um, That'll be Alex all of Carpenter, the um, – yep. Hillary Knight's going to be participating in that. Rebecca Johnston, Sarah Nurse – um, Emily Clark. 
no betting odds on that one. But I'm just going to throw out because you've got um, Hullabucks, uh, um, Soros, um, well, a lot of S's, Soros, uh, Shesterkin, Skinner, Sorokin, uh, Logan Thompson, who's had a great year for Vegas, Linus Olmark, um, and uh, Vasilevsky for Tampa. I'm going to go with Sorokin. Uh, to win that one. It looks like, yeah, you could do rushes of three, two, or one player. So that's going to be interesting. Hmm. All right, uh, splash shot, we're good. Um, accuracy shooting. Alexander Barkoff of the Panthers. Leon Dreisaitl in Edmonton. Kevin Hayes for Philadelphia. Jack Hughes for New Jersey. Nazem Kadri for Calgary. Nikita Kucherov for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Connor McDavid from Edmonton. Brock Nelson of the Islanders. Artemi Panarin for the Rangers. And Vladimir Tarasenko for the St. Louis Blues. What odds am I getting for Connor McDavid? He is the favorite at plus 440. All right, I'm going to go with Connor McDavid. That's who I kind of felt even before I saw the odds. I'm going to go with that. I know uh, you're locked into the next one, Don. If the there's pitch- anything you're going to watch, it's going to be hockey players also playing golf. No, I'm not even going to acknowledge it. We've got the hardest shot. That you can uh, bet Rasm- on. Rasmus Dahlin for the Buffalo Sabres. Seth Jones, Chicago. Josh Morrissey, who's got an excellent chance to win the Norris this year for the Winnipeg Jets. Alexander Ovechkin for Washington. And... Uh, Elias Patterson for the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> Who do you think's the favorite? Seth Jones? Seth Jones is the longest odds at plus 480. Let's do that. I'm going to go with Seth, Seth Jones. Seth Jones, there you oh, go. So, so who's the favorite? Is it? Oh, that would be a... Alex Ovechkin at plus uh, 300. There was, um, I, I, I didn't get a chance to talk about this earlier in the week. There was a, um, a goal he scored on the power play. I guess it would have been Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The entire power play, all he did was just stand on the dot. And no one moved. And no and one he didn't move. He just yep. sat there, yep. sat there. Everybody else is skating around, passing. He literally just stood there, got the pass one time, or bang, scored the goal. And I said to myself, if that's how he's going to be, like, you don't worry about injury. He can play forever, right? Because <laughs> he right. just, you know, so um, that's why he's totally going to break Wayne Gretzky's record because this is not a guy that has to really skate around or do anything to get make himself available. Everybody knows that shot is scum- coming and still can't get stopped. So he won't be able to do it forever to get that kind of a shot. But as far as like worrying about the knees or the ankles or the hips or the back, I mean, the guy is not moving. So that's what's going to have with the uh, skills competition. Uh, and that'll be coming up tonight. You can see it on ES- on ABC, ESPN. I guess it's ESPN tonight. Um, and then ABC is going to have uh, the games. Uh, the three-on-three tournament begins at 3 o'clock with the Central versus the Pacific. And then at 4 o'clock, the Metro against the Atlantic. Kind of strange, right, that you would make people that are fans of the Pacific Division that have mostly teams on the West Coast, all of them on the West Coast, would be, have to be, watch at noon and not have it be at four where it's one o'clock whatever i don't know and then of course the winners will move on to the uh the championship which will probably be around five o'clock so listen it's fun um i i enjoy the three on three i do um but i just i love hockey so much i just want to get back i i haven't called i haven't you know the rangers haven't played and it's a week today they won't play again until monday so i just really enjoy um, the hockey. I know people that you know that do it for a living. Like every day, this is a great time to go on vacation, take a break. I, I I do enjoy the break, but I also enjoy what I do. I have so much fun with it that I kind of just miss the hockey, the day to day. I mean, you're a fan, Anthony. Do you do you miss it, or do you like the break of not having the day in day out for like you know seven 
10 days of not seeing any Ranger hockey. No, I miss it. The This week has been very boring. Um, not for our show. Our show's been great. But the, just after the show, not being able to watch any hockey. And I, there's been some games, but I, I do love watching the Rangers. Um, and and look, Don, I know you say, you know, All-Star Week for you or all the All-Star festivities not really your thing. Um, I think that the league is doing a good job of doing a better uh, or trying to do a better job of marketing players um, to grow the game for the younger audience. And they're right. even younger than me. Um, I don't even think they're catering to me with this type of stuff. Um, but, you know, if you can get people to, you know, turn on ESPN tonight at 7 and see the hardest shot or see Ovechkin and Crosby on the same ice together, and it, they kind of show a little bit more personality when they're on the ice. They have the hot mics and everything. So I, I think it's a good thing overall for the sport. If it's not for us, it's not for us. But you know what? It's from our company. And I'm sure they're going to do a great job with it as well. So. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The other thing was the the top 100 for the athletic, um, the greatest players of all time. Now, uh, they haven't finished the list, correct, Anthony? I don't think they have, no. I think they're counting down. They're counting down. I think we've gotten to four. If they've updated, I haven't seen it. You know, Crosby at four, Yager at five, Ovechkin six. Um, We had somebody earlier in the week ask about Dominic Hasek and Nicholas Lidstrom their placement Dominic Hasek is seventh who are you taking out Nicholas Lidstrom is eighth um and I don't remember I, I can go back and see was it questioning was that they, t- they too high too low I, I think it's kind of perfect I think the Hasek was is he too low I think that's what it was well you're gonna have him higher than seven something well, who was six who was who was 16 was that the Messier maybe that was Carpinello Talking about the Messier's. Connor too McDavid well. is at 16. Messier's at 17. That's what it was. It was, now, it was listen, Carpinello he, uh, having a problem with Messier being as low as he I, was. I, I, here's the thing with Messier, okay? And, and listen, I love Mark. Everybody loves Mark. He's a good person, great player. And I do think sometimes we get too caught up in his toughness and his. He was a tremendous scorer, tremendous player. But uh, he, he played a long time, so he compiled a lot of points. Tremendous leader, although not because it was his fault, but you know, seven his last seven years in the league, he did not even make the playoffs with the four years with the Rangers and then and then three years in Vancouver. And again, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying that, you know, there was a lot of you know, he couldn't will any of those teams to be able to make the playoffs, so he wasn't superhuman in that sense. Clutch player. But when you're going to compile a lot of points, points when you're playing with Gretzky and you're playing with Curry and you're playing with Coffee and you're playing one of the great teams uh, in the history of the sport in the Edmonton Oilers. And he was a terrific, great player. I, I just on the surface, and I know Connor McDavid's got a long way to go. Connor McDavid's a better player than Mark Messier. He is. Now he hasn't won the cups and all that. The leadership, uh, yeah, I don't know how you quantify that. All right, 
I'm sure if Connor McDavid was on the Edmonton Oilers in the 80s, he would have won five Stanley Cups the way Mark did. Now, would he have slayed the dragon in New York the way Mark did? Hey, you know, Mark also had help. Remember, Brian Leach was the Conn Smythe Trophy winner in 94. So I know the guarantee and the hat trick in Game 6 against the Devils and all that, but Brian Leach won the playoff MVP that season. So he certainly didn't do it by himself. He's the face of the slaying of the dragon, but... You know, Mike Richter had a lot to do with it. Brian Leach had a lot to do with it. Alexei Kovalev's goal at the end of the second period in Game 6 against the Devils had a lot to do with it. Adam Graves had a lot to do with it and all that. So I don't have a problem with that. As far as Lidstrom and Hasek are concerned, when I think of the greatest defenseman that I ever saw, where is Bobby Orr? I guess Bobby Orr is going to be in the top three because obviously Bobby Orr would be. If he's not on the uh, list now. <laughs> yeah, they, he's going to be there. But as far as like, and I caught Bobby at the end, I got no problem. Nicholas Lidstrom was a beast, okay? And probably better than Ray Bork, if that sounds like crazy to you. Um, like Lidstrom's the standard for me. Because again, I'm sorry? Lidstrom's the standard for me Lidstrom because is the of standard. when I grew up. Like, yeah, that's Lid- who, who it was. It was Nick Lidstrom. That well, was. yeah, and, and he's the modern you know generation of Bork and then Bork and Orr. And it, so to me, it goes Orr, Lidstrom, Bork, or if you want to if you want to flip-flop Bork and Lidstrom, I don't have a problem with that. As far as Dominic Hasek is concerned, name me a better goalie. Honestly, I mean, just from the athleticism and what he was able to accomplish. And I know he doesn't have the rings that Wah has or Brodeur has and all that, but really... He was in Buffalo, and he was like he was fascinating to watch, an unbelievable uh, athleticism in a, in a in a position that didn't seem to have a lot of athleticism. Patrick Waugh was an amazing goaltender and a tremendous compiler of wins, and so was Brodeur. But in an era where you faced a lot of shots early in his career, he was just he was he you know what he reminded me of Anthony watching him play. He reminded me a lot of Greg Maddox. Like, I'm watching the greatest to ever play the position. Like, and Maddox was like in the in the '90s when he was just winning Cy Young awards and just seemed like he, he just you could not touch him. There was a period of time where like we're not going to be able to beat Dominic Hasek. We're not going to score against Dominic Hasek. And then what he did, obviously in the Olympics for the gold medal, I got no problem with Dominic Hasek being seven. Patrick Waugh was amazing, but he also played for amazing teams. You know, Brodeur was amazing, but Brodeur also played in a dead puck era, um, and Brodeur also didn't have, um, you know, facing a ton of shots because of their system. I don't want to take anything away. Marty was amazing and is right in the conversation as the greatest of all time. I'm trying to see where they have Brodeur here on the list 21. That's probably a little low, but it's tough to, when you look at the goaltenders that are ahead of him, it looks like it's just Patrick Waugh. And Dominic Hasek. So I got, and I don't think there'll be a goaltender in the top three because it's going to be it's going to be Gretzky, Howe, and Orr are going to be the top three. You would think. So, nah, I got no problem with that list either. Um, the, just just taking a quick glance, I didn't see anybody that I didn't deserve to be there. I would. Pro- would you put Potvin over Coffee? You could. People here, people in this area would, right? Yeah, I I think so. Um, Both were amazing scorers, but Coffee was just, he was basically like a forward. I don't know if he played D the way that um, Poppin did. Um, But I'm just like, just glancing over the list. I was, the the, Leach, I would think I'd have a little higher. 
I would have him over Chelios. I know yeah. that Chelios has the longevity, Anthony. Played till he was 47 years old. One of the thrills of my life, I got to call a game Chelios played when he was in Atlanta with the Thrashers. Brian Leach was a better player than Chris Chelios. I think that's fair. I'm biased on that, but I, I think that that's fair. But the longevity probably put him over the hump. I, 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 I'm a big, big, big fan of Joe Thornton. As a person, as a player, 32 is very high for me. It's very high. Very so long, high. Obviously now, and I don't know, I'm sure that the, the athletic article explains it maybe a little bit or it will when the list is over. I'm assuming longevity has, has a place here. Probably does. Because, and I guess the level that you played at with that longevity. Because um, that, that would explain why Thornton is as high as he is. He's great, but 32nd best player ever. You know, a player I'd like to see a little bit higher too. And I'm just looking at the defenseman that beat him out. Mm-hmm. Is Scott Niedermeyer at 45? It's funny you say that. I just got one of his icon cards in yeah. NHL last night, and he's one of the. And when you get him ranked high, he's one of the best defensemen in the game. I got to um, tell you, and, and I was an also a big Al McGinnis fan. I probably would have Niedermeyer over Al McGinnis. I'd probably have Niedermeyer over Chris Pronger. Although the thing that was impressive about Pronger, I'll, I'll give Pronger this. That he goes to Edmonton, they go to the Stanley Cup final. He goes to Anaheim, they go to the Stanley Cup final. Like he, he, he won everywhere. He, he did a great. He really did a great. He couldn't win in Philadelphia, but you know who can? Uh, but he. Um, <laughs> that's as far as you can get. So that's that's but, that's an accomplishment. But that just just glancing over the list, I think that was that that, that that's some fun. So um, again, you can't. You could probably do a whole show on it. Um, I don't. I don't want to do that, um, especially since we're all not like being able to get a reaction from the fans and everything. The, Anthony, thank you for contributing to that, but. If anybody's got a problem with what I said, a problem with what Anthony said, a problem who you with what the list out. is, who you're taking out, who you're putting in, who you're putting above, who you're putting below, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Well, it's Friday, and you know what Friday means. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Yeah! Number 5. Pretty significant list because this is kind of like the unofficial halfway point of the season, although everybody has already played more than 41 games. Still all-star break, and now you get to the second half of the season coming up this week. And I've got the defending Eastern Conference champion Tampa Bay Lightning cracking the top five. Just very quietly going about their business. Stamkos has played well. Kalorin's played well. Kucherov's played well. Listen, they're the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? And I don't think they have a lot to prove during the regular season, but you take a look at them. They've uh, they closed out the uh, break winners of three in a row, eight of their last ten, a monster twenty wins at home so far this year, plus thirty four goal differential among the best in the league. Uh, I just like this Tampa Bay Lightning team. They're going to be forgotten, right? Because they're just always there, but they're exceptionally well coached with John Cooper, and they crack the top five at number five. Number four. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't exactly close out the first half tremendously with the 5-4-1 record, but they are playing without Austin Matthews. Uh, the goaltending, um, we'll see if it's going to be good enough to win a Stanley Cup, but uh, Marner, terrific. Uh, Nylander is having a career year for them. There's just so many offensive players that carry them, and they're playing without Brody, and they're playing without Muzzin, but their blue line has been very, very good. Lilligren has really contributed tremendously to what this team does. They've got Riley back and healthy. I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs at number four. Number three. Your New Jersey Devils, 8-1-1, the close out the first half of the season, plus 40 goal differential is tied for the second best in the league with Dallas. 
Uh, they've kind of overcome some of their ills at home, but still they're so impressive on the road at 19-3-2. and two. Um, What can you say about Hughes? What can you say about Heashier? Uh, Graves has been great on the blue line for them. I think Hamilton has been very good over the last couple of weeks after a bit of a slow start to the season. They're healthy. Their goaltending uh, has been better than, I think, advertised so far this year. And we talked a lot about this, too. What's impressive about New Jersey is is they got off the mat, right? They got off to an amazing start. They stumbled the eight straight losses at home, and you figured, all right, they're going to come back down to earth and then just get red hot again. And Dave Maloney made a great point when they were struggling. It wasn't like their game changed. It just they weren't getting the bounces. They weren't getting the breaks, and their goaltending was a little leaky during that time. But their structure was sound, and they played well. They just weren't winning. Now they're winning again. So that maybe that tells you that this is a really good team, and I've got them at number three. Number two. You know, Carolina Hurricanes at number two. 9-0-1 of the last 10. Seven-game winning streak, who right now is the longest uh, current winning streak in the National Hockey League. They're starting to creep up with a goal differential of plus 37. Um, great couple of wins to close out um, the first half of the season. They played a couple of back-to-back games. Uh, they had a huge win against the Buffalo Sabres, quieted them down uh, after the night before, coming back and beating the Kings, spotting them a three-goal lead going to the third period and coming back to win. I mean, they are just so good. We've talked about it at nauseum, what Ajo can do, what Natchez can do. Um, they're 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 not known for giving up picks at the deadline, so I don't know how busy they're going to be come March 3rd, but I really don't know how busy they have to be. Uh, their blue line, I mean, Burns was a great pickup for them. Uh, uh, Chatfield has played very well on the blue line, so I've got Carolina at Nueve 2. Number one. Yeah! I mean, it goes without saying, right? Even with a, a couple of losses down the stretch, they're still 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. The Boston Bruins are by far the best team in the NHL. We said this last Friday as well. When you double second place in goal differential, when 40 is second in Europe plus 81, just unreal. Now, you start to ask people when you go and I get to travel around the league, and what do you think of the Boston Bruins? And there's just no weakness, right? Zero weakness. The one thing everybody says is they are one of the oldest teams in the league, so is it possible that maybe injury could be a problem for them? Sure, it could be. Uh, but they already played most of uh, the beginning of the season without uh, without McAvoy, who's their best defenseman. Uh, they've, they've had games with Carlo, didn't play. Um, I If I had to think of something, does, does the goaltending go down just a tick maybe? You know, Swayman has never been in big situations before other than, you know, his appearances last year. And, you know, certainly Allmark has never played to this level on a consistent basis. But we're uh, just a terrific team, number one. So that's the top five for the week. Let's close it out. Social media-wise on Twitter, at Donald Who are you taking that game misconduct? And Adam says, did you hear Wayne Gretzky's comments about Jack Hughes being the only player who can catch Connor McDavid? Obviously, McDavid's the clear-cut best player in the world, but the fact that Hughes is even making it somewhat of a conversation is remarkable. I get the same vibe watching him play that I do McDavid, meaning that if I never saw hockey before, and I'm watching a game, that's where my eyes are going to gravitate to him, the way it gravitates to Connor McDavid. He just looks better than everybody else on the ice when he's out there. There's another gear that everybody else just can't seem to get to. He's all over the ice. Now, he's not Connor McDavid, but he's Connor McDavid-ish in the sense that they do a lot of the same things. It's just McDavid does it better. So I know where Wayne's coming from. 
And I think as long as he stays healthy, you're going to see the numbers. I think he's got an excellent chance to be the first devil ever to score 50, first devil ever to score 100 points. I think there's a very good chance of that happening. David Hines says, unconventional question, but do you have any good stories from your days hosting NHL Live, whether memorable interviews or TMKS-type callers that triggered Don Rants? You could probably find it on YouTube. There's a rant I have against an Islander fan I was doing with EJ that I, I, I've seen bouncing around. Like, all my rants always seem to come from the Michael K. Show, but that's the one that's outside of the Michael K. Show that's pretty good. Uh, there's just so many. Um, I was on the ice when the Ducks won the Cup and interviewed Timu Solani, which was something we used on NHL Live. So it wasn't like on the program, but, but being on NHL Live allowed me to be at so many Winter Classics, to be on the ice um, at the Stanley Cup Final in Carolina, in Anaheim, um, to like physically be on the ice at All-Star Game in Dallas, um, interviewing players on the ice there. Um, was was an absolute thrill to be just walking around the ice during the skills competition and during after the game interviewing players was tremendous. Um, EJ and I had a chance to interview Alexander Ovechkin in his rookie year about the adjustments of being in the NHL and how he bought a brand new Corvette and uh, how um, how his game was you know talking to the ladies in, in the United States like we had a really like fun down to earth conversation with him when he first came into the league which was great because. The access was was amazing, and um, another story that kind of just blew me away is that like during that time I got to go to San Jose to do a Ranger Shark game, and I did not realize this. Like Joe Thornton knew who I was, uh, Ryan Clough knew who I was. Like there was a couple. Um, uh, who was it? The uh, the defenseman also played uh, for the Rangers. Uh, Boyle. Uh, Dan Boyle, like, hey Don. I was like, well, how do all these people know me? And I, I asked them, and like, well, because their morning skates, they'd have NHL Live in the dressing room, and they'd watch the show. And I, like, and the the uh, one of the best moments um, that I that, that just popped into my head the the Sharks played the Coyotes. This is going back to I obviously. Anthony could probably maybe 06, 07, something like that, when the Sharks were really good and the Coyotes were awful. And the Coyotes beat the Sharks 2-1. to one. And the Sharks, like, outshot the Coyotes, like, 50-12. to 12. It, was something, it was something ridiculous, and they won the game 2-1. to one. They, they went, like, the, they, they just put, like, a wall in front of whoever the goaltender was at the time, um, and they won the game. So we were going over the games, um, from the night before, and EJ and I were talking. I was like, "What happened to the Sharks last night? They lost to the Coyotes." You know, I, I don't get that. Um, you should be able to just wipe the floor with the Coyotes. That's a bad loss for the Sharks. It was at home. Like I gave a whole th- spiel. The 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 phone rings, and it's Jeremy Roenick ripping me, saying, "Don, did you see the shots on goal? We have fifty shots on goal." I forget who the goaltender for the Coyotes was. It might have been Zach. Burke or I forget who it was but and, and he's like and he just he's ripping me and he's having fun like kidding on the square or whatever but it was just like wow we're talking about the shark because he was a shark he closed his career out with the sharks and he took exception to me criticizing the sharks and it's just like wow this is this is the show that the league listens to and the league watches so it was really like that was like a cool moment and I've gotten to know uh, Jeremy a little bit away from the ice because of that and it was always kind of like a nice icebreaker when i saw him so um i know kind of long-winded but i i 
the reason I do this podcast is because of how much I miss NHL Live. NHL Live was a major part of my life. That's why I'm so close to EJ, and um, it was a lot of of fun. And uh, maybe one day I will tell you the story, but I'm kind of bitter um, about how that whole thing ended. And there's a lot of people that are on my laminated list uh, for how that all ended. I didn't and know no, this. That's Nobody at the NHL, by the way, but still. Nothing but love for everybody. Uh, Troy says, hey, Don, just starting to catch up with the health scare with my dad. Oh, I hope everything's okay, Troy. Wanted to ask you if you think Boston has the best example of goalies who are not great, but goalies who are playing great. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know what Swayman's going to turn out to be. Maybe he'll turn out to be the next Marty Brodeur. I don't know. But right now, um, he's, I think, benefiting from the team that he's on. And the same thing with Omar. We never saw anything like this in Buffalo, but how could you when the Buffalo wasn't very good? Um, but we did see signs that he was just a good goaltender on a bad team, and now he's a good goaltender on a great team. But is is he a championship-caliber goaltender? I mean, if we were having a conversation right now where, where there was a team that needed a goaltender to win the Cup, and you know Linus Allmark was on the Buffalo Sabres putting up the numbers that he's put up over the last few years, I mean, would you be looking at him and saying, let's get him, he'll help us win the Cup? Maybe you would. I wouldn't. Um, and now he's putting it together. So, yeah, I think there's no question about that uh don al weaver says don do you think the nhl all-star game needs to go back to east versus west again since they are wearing the reverse retro jerseys for the eastern conference western conference the three-on-three matchups is kind of boring now don't you think so i don't i think i think the three-on-three is kind of fun i thought the game was boring i do like the east versus west thing um i know what you're going through there if you wanted to play like a big glorified three-on-three one game but I, I no, I, I got to say, as much as I'm anti All Star Game, I, I do like this format. Uh, Michael says, best current leader of the NHL, stats not included. Best current leader on the NHL. Hmm, who's one of the best leaders? You mean like captain or? Yes, stats not included. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm missing. I think I need. I'd still say McDavid. More. My, more context to that yeah I mean, listen he's he's captain but i mean is there like a leader i don't know he hasn't won so like like who's won lately where you say boy that that, that guy's just an amazing leader of men right you look at the guys that oh, won the cup how about bergeron one of yeah, the guys Bergeron's on those bruins teams a he's a hell of a leader he's i mean just just the idea that he got that puck in the face a couple of weeks ago against the islanders you know came back in a 4-1 game in the third period played the next night at the garden when they told him he didn't have to play good call but if we, but if we screwed up um your questioning or was it worded improperly um then please uh tweet us back next week david says what are your thoughts on the nhl going back to a one versus 16 format i know the travel would be brutal sometimes and i don't think the league has any appetite for it but it would be a lot of fun to see more interconference teams playing seven game series the only negative is the travel otherwise it's a gorgeous format it really is because again you want to give the best team doesn't the best like the boston bruins the season that they're having don't they deserve in the first round to take on the worst playoff team? Now, let's just take a look at the – let's just take a quick gander at the league. So Boston would play Pittsburgh. How about that? <laughs> See, that's why it gets so bunched up, right? Because 
if you played that format, Pittsburgh's got 57 points, Colorado's got 57 points, Minnesota's got 48, 60, 60, 62, 62, all the way up to 10, 63 for the Kings at 9. Now, again, not everybody's played the same amount of games, but the point is, is there that big of a difference between the 16th team and the 10th team? Right now, it's only five points. Um, but still, you you should be able to play the 16th team. It, and then you could set up the potential of having a Boston-Carolina Stanley Cup final or a Boston-Toronto Stanley Cup final. Because right now, when you take a look, the four best teams of the NHL, Boston, Carolina, Toronto, and New Jersey, are all in the East. And right now, five of the top six teams are all in the East. But right now, if you went, you know, you look at it, so that's Dallas would represent the West, and then you'd have all these really great teams that that would be out because you've got to go under the current format. So wouldn't you want to see the two best teams possibly in the league play each other for the championship? And and in the format now, I mean, God, you you would have the two best teams maybe in the NHL playing in the second round where the best team in the NHL might not the, the first and the second best teams are guaranteed to not make it to the conference final. I like the format, but you can't ignore the travel. And also, it's not so much the 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 the, the travel itself; it's the disadvantage of the travel, or the advantage of the travel. Like, so let's say you get a first round. Like, um, let's let's look at it. So you would have you would have the first round matchup: Boston versus Pittsburgh. No travel whatsoever. Carolina, their first round matchup would be Colorado. So is that fair that, you know, Boston gets the – now you could say, well, hey, Don, Boston was the better team, so they deserve it. But, you know, who knows? It might end up being Colorado that drops the 16 and Pittsburgh moves up to 15. So is it fair that one team's got to crisscross the country and the other team can, you know, take a bus from one place to the other? Like if the Devils played the Rangers in the first round of the playoffs and they, they in the second round they're going to take on a team like the Kings who had to play Boston. And they had to go across the country. So that's why it will never happen, but it would be kind of cool. If we were able to get that whole Star Trek thing going where you 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 were able to teleport from place to place and there wasn't anything such like travel, boy, how much how much better would life be if you were just able to blink your eyes and bang, I'm in Vancouver. Oh, I forgot my wallet. Bang, I'm back in New Jersey. But close my eyes, bang, I'm back in Vancouver again. Okay. Now, hotels wouldn't be happy with that. Airlines wouldn't be happy with that, but I certainly would be. Wouldn't that be great, Anthony? Blink your eyes, bang, you're in Toronto. Sounds good to me. I'm looking in 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2008 Sharks uh, Coyotes results. Trying to find the game you're mentioning. You're trying to find it? You found it? I've I've found games, but not the shot discrepancy that you're referencing. Not necessarily. It might just be that my memory is skewed by the fact that, that Jeremy was just so pissed off at me. Oh, look, there were, I mean, look, all three of those seasons, San Jose was decent and Arizona was not decent. So there are games where they've won where you're like, how did they win? Well, here's here's where it's easy, okay? He only played two seasons for the Sharks in 08 and 09. Okay. So we found the game that we were talking about with Roning. This was April 9th, 2009. Coyotes beat the Sharks in San Jose 4-1. There must have been an empty net. And they the, the Sharks outshot the Coyotes 41-17. They were 53-17 and 11 that year. Wow. Al Montoya. 
Yeah, look at how the, about that. that that's uh, that's all right. Uh, that that was the. <laughs> Wow. Montoya was the gold. So Look that at was those the game. Names. So that that's cool. Thank you. So we were able to find the game that Jeremy Roenick called up NHL Live to rip Don LaGreca for being upset that it was a and I did watch the game. It wasn't like you didn't watch the game. You just saw 4-1 and you no, it was 41-17 shots on goal. I, I watched the game and I just felt like you know, you still should you still gave up four goals. Roenick played 9 minutes that game. He's he not he's on, not upset cuz he had, he was he had a 0 plus minus. So he wasn't on for any of them or off or at least it was even. His last couple of years in San Jose was just kind of just hanging on. So it was Scotty Upshaw and then a power play goal from Ed Jovanowski. Look at late that. Late in the first period. Shane Doan. Nothing. How about that? Marcel Gotch. Uh, look at that. This uh, is, this. see, this is what we do here. Uh, yeah, that's what I love. God, there's so many great. Travis Moen. Hansel, fighting major. Oh. Uh, With Setaguchi. That, that was probably a fun one. Just uh, oh yeah, Kurt Sauer was there. Keith Yandel on the Coyotes, of course. Mm. Minus Not one. Salt. Jumbo Joe minus two. We were just talking about Joe. That's what we do. That's we bring you back. And the pickle that. minus two as well. Mark Edward Vlasic. So this was fun. We will do this again on Monday. Hopefully, we'll talk to EJ and get his thoughts on everything All Star and then get ready for the second half of the season. Anthony, great job today. A lot of fun. Thanks to everybody who participated on social media. Talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.